Hi everyone, my name is Melissa Lee, and I'm your health coach who targets women with PCOS and women in general who wants to find stubborn weight loss. What is Nourish Mail? Nourish Mail is all about finding nourishment through your health, through nutrition and fitness, but also through careers, family, and finances. This podcast is strictly for women only. We talk about various topics, including why stubborn weight loss is so hard to achieve. If this is you, definitely put this in your podcast list because an episode will be released every single week. Okay, so welcome everyone. Today we have an awesome episode because I'm going to be talking with another PCOS coach um, and her name is Jamie. She is in Los Angeles and like me, she understands you know, about stubborn weight loss and how PCOS um, can really affect how we lose weight and also our mindset to eating. So welcome, Jamie. It's so nice to have you. Thank you for having me. I love it. (laughs) Yeah, so as we were talking before, um, I just want to know more about you and what you're all about. Yeah, so I am a weight loss coach for women with polycystic ovarian syndrome. So I'm both a holistic health coach and a life coach. So I kind of merge the mindset piece with, of course, the nutrition and health and all of that, which is awesome. And what I'm really all about is like I would say what my purpose is. My husband and I were talking about this the other day. We get into these deep conversations and I'm like, you know, I think what my purpose is, is really to like go beyond what my mind tells me I'm capable of. And so I set an impossible goal every year and really like do the work to make it happen and become a new, like upgraded version of myself so that I can go after my dreams and kind of like just always be growing and stretching myself. And since I love that for myself so much, I love helping other women do the same thing and to really like make their dreams a reality, even though their brain may be telling them it's impossible or I could never do it, but to go beyond that and go beyond what our, what our brain tells us and just to kind of live the life that we really want and to continue growing and stretching ourselves. So I feel like that's my purpose <laughs> and that's what I'm all about. And I know I, I just went really deep, really fast, but Hey, you asked it. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. I feel like a lot of us, you know, we struggle with the purpose. Um, and it's great that you, you know, your purpose through your coaching and you're both, you know, as a holistic and life coach, that's like a bonus for your client. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> they totally. Get those, basically. Yeah. What they pay for. Um, So in regards to this, you know, helping people finding their purpose is specific. Like who do you serve? Yeah. So I specifically help women who struggle with their weight and specifically most of the women that come to me have tried a lot of things in the past. They've done all the diets, they've yo-yoed, but they never reached their goal and like lost it permanently. And I specifically have a program for women with polycystic ovarian syndrome or PCOS, um, just because I have PCOS and I know what it's like and I completely understand it and know what nourishes our bodies and what we need to do. But I've found that 
like women, uh, many women come to me that, that don't have PCOS too. So I just serve any woman who wants to lose weight and do the mindset work along with kind of like the nutrition piece that comes along with it. Mm-hmm. That sounds interesting because, and also PCOS is both misdiagnosed, it's overdiagnosed, underdiagnosed. Sure so is. <laughs> that's interesting because maybe some of the women who don't have PCOS, they might do, and then they come to you anyway for weight loss. Oh, 100%. Totally. Or even like just having insulin resistance, right? Which is one of the symptoms of PCOS. I think there's a lot of people who don't have all the symptoms that come along with PCOS, but they may be insulin resistant and struggle, you know, like you said, struggle to lose weight. So addressing the insulin resistance makes a huge difference. So what other symptoms are there, uh, you know, which you face with your clients? Yeah, with, well, with my clients, uh, you know, they tend to come to me with a struggle to lose. So usually it's weight struggles is the biggest thing. But of course, like with PCOS, our symptoms are all over the place. So it could be infertility. A lot of them come to me and have a lot of body image issues and a negative relationship with their body and with their weight just because of PCOS and the struggle that they've been dealing with for so long. And then also like on top of that, of course, there's hirsutism where we get hair growth on our face or our bodies. So the insecurities that come along with that. So it's like all over the board. Like I would say (laughs) no two women have been alike. And um, I think again, that's why PCOS is so often misdiagnosed because it looks different for every woman. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I do see, you know, I have friends who don't have periods and then I have friends who have irregular periods and they don't know what's going on and it can be very complicated. Yes. So, um, so since you and I have PCOS, I just kind of want to, you know, kind of compare or kind of share what symptoms we have so we Mm -hmm. can show like the audience how different our symptoms are. Yes, totally. <laughs> that would be fun. Okay, yep. so you can go ahead. Like what yeah. are the most challenging aspects? Of sure. So I started seeing symptoms like when I was going through puberty. So it was probably like 11 or 12 years old when it started. Of course, I didn't know I had PCOS then. So the symptoms that started showing up for me was like I gained a bunch of weight, what felt like overnight. Like I went from this skinny little girl to like this plus size, you know, preteen. Yeah. <laughs> it literally felt like overnight. So of course that brought on all of its own issues, you know, in and of itself around, you know, just the shame that I felt, the embarrassment, the confusion, fusion, it really started to create this negative relationship that I had with my body. Um, And then I started growing like hair on my chin and my neck and my chest, which that felt terrible. And all I wanted to do was hide. I remember I just, yeah, I just like, I would shave it, but I didn't share it with anyone besides my mom. I think she was the only person who knew I was just so embarrassed of it. And what that did was like, I had that all through like high school and just you know, gaining weight. I had horrible cystic acne. So it really, I just developed this really torturous relationship with myself and these insecurities. Um, And then of course, like I did have some irregular periods, but then my doctors immediately put me on birth control. So that kind of... (laughs) 
quote unquote managed it or at least, yeah, Yeah. I was was on birth control for a long time. So, you know, uh, that it was like, I didn't see the effects of that, but it, it wasn't addressing the root of the issue. And I feel like through my twenties, it was just the, the biggest thing was the torturous relationship that I had with myself and my body and with my weight. It was awful. And I went on diet after diet after diet and was always trying to lose weight and just really struggled with that and with my own self-confidence. So I think it was like, there were the symptoms and then it was like, what I made all of it mean was really negative and it really... It, I struggled big time with it. So that's why I started addressing kind of the mindset as well as the nutrition, because I realized I had to deal with all these like lack of confidence, lack of self-esteem, all this kind of self-hatred that I had because of my symptoms um, yeah. before I was able to really shift into like nourishing and loving my body. <laughs> it's like a whole whirlwind. Like how many years was that? Like, you know, you were... Yeah, it was about 20 years. So it was about from age like... I would say 11 to 10 or 11 to like 30, 31, uh, that I was in it. <laughs> like wow. I like to call it in it cause I was in the struggle yeah. and it just felt like something I couldn't get out of. Yeah. Yeah. Not a in it to win it kind of concept. Though. No, not, not at the time. I mean, looking back, like, of course it taught me so much and I had to go through that journey, but while I was going through it, I sure didn't feel that way. <laughs> Some one part about um, your symptoms, uh, actually, uh, it made me want to ask you this question. Like you said, you shaved like you know the excessive hair from mm-hmm. your face and all that. Were you someone who did you have this thought that oh, if I start shaving, it will grow back twice as fast? Or- oh yeah, totally. I was so nervous. <laughs> Yeah. And you're told that, right? You're told like, oh no, it's going to come back black, which like, luckily I I went to a a laser hair removal or something like that. I mean, I tried a bunch of things and they were like, no, that's not true. And I was like, well, I'd rather shave it than have um, hair growing on my face at, you know, age 15 years old. Like that's, I was like, that is not going to happen. So I did it anyways. And it wasn't true, right? It didn't grow back like thicker or anything like that. So yeah. Yeah, I just thought I'd put it out there because that's like a really weird myth. And I shave my upper lip sometimes. And then, yeah, people would also tell me, oh, don't shave it. Like, do you know, do threading or something. And I'm like, yeah, this is so weird. It doesn't make a lot of sense. Yeah, it really doesn't. Yeah, I'm curious about you. What were your symptoms? So mine was I actually didn't um, get PCOS till I was much later. So probably about when I was 18, 19. And that was when I was in college and I was drinking a lot, partying a lot. So probably diet had to, was playing a big part. Yeah. To be honest. And then I started having really prolonged periods for like a month. Mm. And it turns out in hindsight now, I know that that's not probably, that's not like a normal period. It's probably, you know, I'm not ovulating and it's just like, coming out in spurts so anyway I went to see a doctor and I got put on the birth control also I also had a lot of acne going on I think it's also diet and all this like you know high levels of testosterone which usually most PCOS women have yep then so I was a skinny kid all through my life sort of I was like that active girl just walking around I can eat whatever I want 
And I think it finally caught up because um, I had trouble losing weight. I, you know, I also put on a lot of pounds or kilograms. And then I went home. So I was studying abroad and then I went home and everyone was like, oh, you've gained weight. Like, mm. And I felt really weird and ashamed because all through my life, I've never really had a problem with my weight. And for someone to tell me that, I'm like, oh shit, like, you know, there's something, something's happening right now. I don't yeah. know. And I thought it, I didn't link it to my hormones. I, you know, I just was like, okay, I need to start exercising. Right. <laughs> it, yeah, it becomes all this cycle, right? Like over-exercising and then you think like, oh, I shouldn't eat so much. So that was also negative in that way. Like my mindset also changed. Yeah. Yeah, totally. So that's interesting. I feel like, um, you know, all the symptoms we described is very common. Um, and then, you know, some girls get irregular periods and some have like me, like I have prolonged periods. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And some so, have none, right? <laughs> yeah, and some have none. So like you literally like you, it's really weird because you can have so long periods and you can have none and it really depends. Like Totally. Yeah. So if, when you work with your clients, do what's the first step that you would tell them to manage their PCOS? Or if they don't know they have PCOS, would you, you know, tell them to go to a doctor? Yeah. Yeah. Well, for the women that come to me, they come to lose weight, right? So I typically start with We work with both what's going on in their mind and look at like what it is in the way. And a lot of times it's being impatient and being frustrated with their body. So we'll work with all of that, just depending on what's coming up from them, because that's typically what's blocking them from moving forward. And then on more of like the nutrition level, what I have them do is start by going off of flour and sugar because flour and sugar, of course, raise insulin levels. And that is the problem for women with PCOS is the insulin resistance. So I get them started to reduce those insulin levels and start nourishing their bodies so that they start feeling so much better and can start actually losing weight. And then of course they're, they start managing their symptoms better through nutrition as well. But, um, yeah, first step is typically looking at their mindset though. And like, what's, what's going on? (laughs) Yeah. So this is the part where I'm kind of interested in because, um, a lot of like therapists, and like healing modalities you know they go straight into like oh nutrition acupuncture all these things but yeah um you know the mindset piece is something that we don't talk about very often and when women are you know stressed about hormonal imbalance they don't really think how is this related to the mindset so i would really want you to kind of you know share with everyone what exactly you know goes on with the mindset and how do you kind of correct that Yeah. Well, I think a lot of women with PCOS go into comparison and they get really mad and in this mode of like self-pity, feeling sorry for themselves, right? Because we're like, what is happening? And I, I was there too. Like (laughs) I had to work with all of this because I was totally there where it was like, I would go on a diet with a friend or start a workout routine with a friend. And my friend would like, lose 20 pounds with ease, right? They'd be like, oh, I did it. And I was even drinking on the weekends. And I'm all over here like, what? I went all in. I did it all. Like I barely ate and I didn't lose any weight or I even like gained weight. So I would get 
so frustrated because I was always comparing myself to women who didn't have PCOS, right? Because it's not like women with PCOS are walking around like I have PCOS, I have PCOS. So you feel, you can oftentimes feel very alone. Some women don't even know another person who has it. So the struggle for me was just, I felt so alone and in this place of like, what's wrong with me? Like, so I created this, this story in my mind, which was my mindset of like, there's something wrong with me. I can't lose weight. Um, and, and like when you're, when you're thinking that you feel frustrated, right? You feel defeated. And when you feel frustrated and defeated, you don't take positive actions from that place. Like we often think that by beating ourselves up or criticizing ourselves, it's going to motivate us. But the opposite is true. When we're hard on ourselves, we do nothing. We stay stuck. So we have to get out of that first in order to take like more empowered action. So once I saw that that was the story I had created for myself and how I was really doing it to myself, I was able to change the story, which automatically changed the actions. Because from like a life coaching perspective, our thoughts create our feelings and our feelings are what drive our actions, right? But so often we're just focused on our actions. We're like, okay, I'm going to start this diet. I'm going to start this workout routine. I'm going to cut flour, but we're not looking at our feelings or our thoughts that drive our actions. And when we don't look at that, it's almost impossible to change. We can't change when we're thinking the same things and feeling the same way over and over. So that's why, you know, I get to the bottom of what's going on. Why are you doing the things that you do so that we can change it, (laughs) right? Awareness is everything. Um, So yeah, does that answer your question? Um, Yeah, that does kind of answer. I mean, I feel like, you know, it's more, it's also like a comparison coma, I would say right like you're stuck in this situation yes everything that you said um and for women because we also have this huge problem about body image yes and body image you know plays a huge role especially for pcos and weight loss um even from like personal experience i feel all of us have had this experience like wow like the trend now is to you know look a certain way and then when you have this problem it definitely isolates you and makes you feel defeated. Oh yeah. And again, when you feel defeated, you're not going to take positive actions from that place. You're probably going to say, well, if I'm defeated, you know, what the heck? I might as well not do anything, right? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So that's another thing that, you know, if like, before, not before losing weight, but as you're losing weight, it's so important to work with your relationship with your body and your thoughts about your body and your body image, because it really makes such a difference, right? It's, I think it's really hard to lose weight from a place of hate, from a place of criticism. If you do it, it feels very restrictive. It feels terrible. And you're probably going to just gain it right back because you're not working with, you know, doing it from a loving, nurturing, nourishing place. Yeah. I have a curious question for you. Yeah. You know, you work with your clients in this kind of setting with your friends. Like if you know, you know, when you go out with your girls and they start talking about like birth control and, or they complain about periods and all that, like, do you kind of, well, I wouldn't say lecture, but like, do you, you know, kind of let them know that, Hey, maybe your mindset is different or like, I wonder, like, how do you initiate that this conversation with your close friends? That's a good question. You know what? I don't, 
I okay. don't talk to my friends about this. Like I feel like my friends, I have more of a friendship. And then with my clients, it's clients. So I only help people who come to me because in the past I've tried to preach and I've tried to help everyone. And what I have found is that it's really frustrating when someone's trying to give you help, but you don't want it. And I've been on the other end of that where people are preaching to me and I'm like, I don't want to hear it. So my thing is like, of course, if I think there's a little tweak you could make, or I might ask a question, have you ever thought about this? Or have you, you know, if it was something where they were complaining about their periods and I thought maybe it's PCOS, I would say, Hey, do you think you might have PCOS? Like you could get tested or it might be this, but I would never get into kind of like the coaching mode or like, Hey, you know, have you noticed that your mindset's negative? Because it just doesn't feel good. It doesn't feel like I think friendship, even though sometimes I'm like, oh my God, I know I could help you so much, but I keep my mouth shut because I know it's not wanted, you know, unless they're coming to me for it. And a lot of my friends do like, they know what I do. And so I do have a a friendship like that with a lot of people where they're like, Hey, can you coach me on this? And, And I'll totally go into it, but it's only if it's asked for. Okay. Cause yeah. I think that's very relevant to like other coaches, you know, they, it, I feel like it's the hardest to coach like your family, your parents. You just, oh yeah. <laughs> I can help you and you and you, but like, yeah, even though they know what you do, yes, yes. might not want it. So. Totally guilty. I mean, I've done it and it doesn't feel good for me and it doesn't feel good for them. So I've had to really like, I learned from, I learned the hard way. Let's put it that way. <laughs> Yeah, kind of scaling it back. Yes. Okay. So um, back to that whole part about insulin-resistant PCOS. What is, um, you know, what is the one food swap that, you know, PCOS women out there can do right away? A food swap? Yeah. Yeah. Well, definitely, I, I think it's not always about, I don't know how to... I don't know. Um, swap. Let's think about that. <laughs> I would say cutting flour and sugar is going to okay. be really, really helpful. And I don't know, you can't really swap anything for flour and sugar, but you could start adding in a lot more veggies into your diet and healthy fats are really good for our hormones. So things like avocados and olive oil and things like that can actually, I know like there's a lot of people are afraid of fats because of the whole eighties, low fat, bad, you know, and, and the truth is it's actually really important for our hormones and our brain function. And we tit a lot of women eat way too little fat. So I would say, I guess if you're thinking of a swap, maybe swap out the flour and sugar and add in some more, some more healthy fats. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah. Uh, what about fruit? Cause I had, I do have some people asking me, Oh, if I cut out sugar, like, you know, does this mean I can't eat certain fruit or anything? Yeah. Well, yeah, good question. Um, and I think it depends how insulin resistant you are, right? So it's different for everyone. Most of the women who come to me who have been struggling with their weight are pretty insulin resistant. And when you have insulin resistance, fruit is even going to raise insulin levels. So I know for me, I'm very, very insulin resistant. So I do not eat fruit. It just doesn't work for my body. It doesn't allow me to lose weight. I don't feel my best. It kind of acts like sugar in my body. So, um, it totally depends on the individual and how insulin resistant you are. But if you are someone who does really struggle with your weight, I would say cutting that out could probably be really helpful. That's interesting. So even berries don't work for you? 
I don't eat berries. No, no. I mean, I could, but I just feel better when I don't. So interesting. It's like at first, I mean, if I would have told myself this three years ago, I'd have been like, are you crazy? (laughs) But now I focus more on how food makes me feel than how it tastes, I guess, you know, because it's for me, it's like, I just want to feel my best. And I'm just going to use food as fuel. So I don't need berries. It's okay. But I mean, I could eat it. It would be fine. But, um, cause you know, those are lower in sugar, but I just, I kind of chose, eh, I'm just going to cut fruit. Don't need it. Yeah. That's cool. So it's more of a, like a, you know, trial and error. A hundred percent. Totally. Totally. Yeah. Because I was overeating fruit, right? Because when you have insulin resistance and you are eating foods with sugar, um, you crave more foods with sugar. So I had cut regular sugar, right? Table sugar and stuff, but I was noticing that I was upping my fruit and I was eating like three apples a day and I was gaining weight and it wasn't helping my symptoms at all. So I just realized fruit just, you know, I could do it in moderation if I wanted to probably, but it depends on the individual. I'm glad we talked about this because so often people put in healthy stuff or like, you know, they avoid certain things, but they kind of amp up on like another food category. And then like, yes, there's no balance there anymore. Totally. Yeah. Yeah, It's like, we'll start overeating healthy foods, like which guilty of, I have done that and I've caught myself. Right. And so I've I've had to work with that. But when we're really like in this, uh, when we're used to buffering with food and using food for relief and for comfort and for, you know, our relaxation, right. And our pleasure, like just cutting out healthy or unhealthy foods isn't going to solve the problem. We have to look at what's at the root of that. And like, why are we not feeling pleasure? How else can we relax without using food? Cause otherwise you'll just replace it with healthy foods. <laughs> yeah. And that eventually, you know, still goes back to the mindset and like, why do you feel lonely or why do you feel isolated? So exactly. Also- yeah. Yep. That's so good. Um, so moving on, I feel like we should talk about exercise a little bit because there's this whole concept about over-exercising and then, yeah. also, you know, kind of feeling guilty if um, I eat, overeat and then I don't work out or like I yeah. have to work out on certain days. What do you think about that? Yeah. So I would love to hear your perspective on this too, but just from everything that I've learned, what I, I used to be an overexerciser for sure. And I, you know, had trainers and boot camps and all the things, and I would never lose weight. I was, I was exercising all the time, but I couldn't lose weight. So what I realized is for women with insulin resistance, it's literally like 95% food. And I think 5% is exercise. So what I always recommend is exercise for your mental health, because it makes you feel better. It relieves stress. It's good for your cardiovascular health, right? So it's going to make you feel better. You're going to get the endorphins from it, but don't do it to lose weight. Focus on food for weight loss. And so what I usually recommend and what I did as I was losing weight is just do more relaxed workouts, right? Just do movement. So I actually lost like 45 pounds just walking. I quit all the gym stuff that I was doing. I quit it all. And I was like, I'm just going to walk every morning. I went out my, you know, with my dog and I walked for like 45 minutes and I focused way more on getting my relationship with food better and, um, 
um, just nourishing my body with food and lowering insulin levels. And um, I lost, that was the year that I lost 45 pounds and all I did was walk. So it's more about like, do what, what feels good to your body, do what is going to, um, just make you feel better overall, but don't exercise to lose weight because it's not going to work if you're not addressing the food piece. And now that I am down 45 pounds, I have added in more strength training, but I was like, I'm going to wait to lose my weight. And then, then I'll up the exercise. So now I have, I'm working with a trainer twice a week just to build strength. Yeah. And other than that, I just, I walk and hike. I love doing that. Nice. That's yeah. awesome. And I think the whole point about this is that people don't get that over-exercising is like increasing your cortisol levels. Your body's actually stressed yeah. out, right? Like people oh, yeah. think that, that when you exercise, your body's under stress. Like it's breaking down. You're not actually improving until you're recovering later so on. So true. Yeah. And if you're trying to do that along with like getting your food right, it's almost like too much stress on your body. That's why I'm like, focus on one or the other at a time, like get one down really well and then focus on the other. Because I think so many women who want to get healthy think, oh my gosh, I have to change my entire diet and I have to go start exercising five days a week. Right. It's like, yeah. it becomes so overwhelming. And I just say, focus on one thing at a time. What do you want to do? Do you want to get stronger or do you want to lose weight? Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, because yeah, really like doing both, it's going to make you hungrier too. So if you're trying to lose weight and you're over exercising, you're going to be super hungry and have to deal with way more urges and cravings. Mm -hmm. Yeah. What do you think about, you know, having, since we have different levels of hormones during the cycle, um, you know, what do you think about exercise, changing your exercises accordingly? So like, you know, nearing the menstruation time the progesterone time you know we do more relaxing yeah and then doing more strength training during the follicular phase yeah so for me like i i don't know i mean i've read about that stuff but i don't that's not like my zone of genius or expertise what I normally do is just listen to my body. So if I am feeling more tired, I will just do a walk or do a yoga class or like I just tune in and listen to my body. And I don't necessarily listen to like which phase I'm in just because I don't really, I haven't followed that much. Yeah. How about you? Um, for me, I do want to cultivate a little bit more body literacy, I guess, yeah. to that body. Some, but I do, for me, I feel very obvious. Like when my estrogen's high, I'm really like to go, go, go. And I can really do like, you know, more strength stuff. And, you know, the week before my period, I do feel a little bit more calm and I kind of yeah. go in a little bit more. So I think generally it does kind of work for some people, but I would, yeah, I agree with you. Like day-to-day -day basis, definitely listen to your body. Yeah. Yeah. And on certain days where I'm just like straight up tired, I'll tell my trainer, I'm like, go easy on me. I'm not feeling it today. You know? And I used to just push through it, but now it's like, no, just ask for what you want. <laughs> Yeah. How do, you, how do you, um, you know, get through that whole guilty kind of feeling, um, that women get when they feel like they don't push themselves hard enough or, you know, they're asking for a lighter workout. Like how do you, what would you tell people? How do you get through that? 
Yeah. Well, I would say that first you have to look at why you feel guilty, right? Instead of pushing through it, look at why you're feeling guilty. What are you telling yourself, right? Because our thoughts create our feelings. So if guilt is your feeling, what are you thinking? And once you identify kind of the thought that's making you feel guilty, it might be like, oh, I don't want to, you know, hurt my trainer's feelings or I should do this. Then you have to ask yourself, do I like that sentence in my brain? Do I like what I'm telling myself? Do I want to keep believing this? Do I want to keep thinking this? Is it serving me? Right? Because that was mine. Like I just, I never wanted to quote unquote hurt anyone's feelings or I always thought like I should do it or, you know, this, you know, things like that. And it's like, really, whenever I thought about it, if that's creating guilt, like why should I do it? I should do it because I pay for this session. It's like, (laughs) you know, but like, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, do you like your reason? <laughs> and what is that creating for me? I'm going to leave feeling exhausted. I'm not going to, you know, show up as effectively at work. So in the end, I actually am hurting myself more than anything. And it's certainly not helping me like with my goals, right? Yeah, definitely. For sure. Yeah. Think, yeah. So I think that over-exercising part is like a huge thing to yeah. consider. Um, so what is the biggest misconception when it comes to women's health? I know we've talked a lot about like having wrong mindset over exercising and all that, but like, is there like a really big one that you feel that women are like? Yeah. You know, I wouldn't say it's just women, but I really think that when we think of health, right, as a culture, we think of diet and exercise or nutrition and exercise. That's like, that's it. (laughs) But there is a big, huge missing piece and that is mental health. And I think that it's kind of a misconception that our culture has that mental health is just associated with mental illness. So kind of like you don't have to work on your mental health unless you have a mental illness. But I think that's a big misconception and something that we are totally missing. And I think it's a huge missing piece of the puzzle when it comes to PCOS and when it comes to weight loss, because if you are someone who feels insecure or if you lack confidence, or if you feel guilty often or things like that, that's all your mental health. It's the story you're telling yourself. So like you can improve your mental health, even if your mental health is strong, even if you don't suffer from like depression or anxiety or whatever, like there's always an opportunity to strengthen your mental health. And I think the more able and not the more able, but the more willing you are to do that and to do the work to, to, um, strengthen that, the happier you're going to be right? Because hope is, it's also, it's like, it's not just about being in a tiny body. It's about how do we feel overall? How, you know, emotionally, physically, mentally, right? Yeah. We're human beings. We're not human doings. Yes. So I really think that's like one of the best misconceptions is that, oh, I'm good. I don't have depression. So I don't have to work on my mental health. Well, I don't think that's true. I think if you want to be a happier person overall and go after the things that you want in your life. That's the first thing you need to look at is your mental health. And along, you know, along those lines is definitely our crisis of chronic stress, all the little, little stress every day that kind of builds up, 
you know, that also affects our hormones. It also affects the way we sleep and all that. So definitely mental health. It's a good one. Totally. Yes. (laughs) Like nutrition and exercise alone are, you know, they can help improve stress, but they're not going to get to the root of it. So, um, you said it. Yeah. And it is really, it affects everything, your hormones and then your weight and all the things. Yeah. I always tell my clients that you can eat all the kale or salads in the world, but you can still be really isolated and miserable eating your salad. So that's a really, like a really good picture for them to envision and kind of get it that, okay, I need to take care of my mental health. Yes, totally. Okay, nice. So what else do you find in your practice that could, you know, could, mm, needs more focus, I guess, or areas of concentration. Mm, What else? I would say, well, one, one thing that I just want to mention that I see time and time again is I think that we, we kind of have this misconception that it has to be easy Mm, and right. We want it to be easy or we give up. Yeah. And what if it didn't have to be easy? Maybe this will be the hardest thing you'll ever do, but like you can freaking do it. <laughs> you know, like yeah. I think so many women, especially with diets, it's like, if it's not easy and comfortable, they want to give up, but easy and comfortable isn't how you get to the next version of yourself. You get to the next version of yourself by going through it, by learning something new, by changing your belief system, right? All of that is super hard work. (laughs) It takes a lot of focus and intention. And, you know, so I think, um, it's a big thing. It's like a lot of women get really impatient and it's like, they'll go on a diet and they just want it to be easy breezy. And if it's, if it's not super comfortable, they want to give up. And that's why so many women get stuck and it's not comfortable you know, being stuck overweight either. So it's like, would you rather have the discomfort of going through and becoming a new version of yourself and changing your diet and becoming this, having this healthy identity where you let go of food, you know, as a buffer and for pleasure? Um, or would you rather have the discomfort of just staying stuck? Well, for me, I'd much rather like get somewhere and feel, feel this discomfort and get somewhere. So you bring me along with you. Right. For sure. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, I also, I had a thought and then I forgot now when you're talking about that. Um, yeah. About being stuck, like I feel that also, you know, women would need that sort of connection. Sometimes when I have clients who work with like me or with a coach, they also just want like a quick fix. Give me a to-do guy, a to-do mm-hmm. checklist. You know all the answers, you know. I'm just going to do what you say. And then yeah. if it doesn't work, then, you know, you don't work or like, you know, there's something wrong with the process. And I just kind of want to build that into you know, if women are thinking of working with a coach or like, you know, some kind of therapist, like it's going to take time, like all these changes, right? Oh, totally. Mm -hmm. And I'll I'll also mention, I know this for myself. 
what we think we need is not usually actually what we really need. And having a coach or someone to support us can show us what's actually in the way. Because if we knew what we needed, we wouldn't be in the place that we're in. We wouldn't be stuck. We wouldn't be struggling. So that's where having a coach can like shine light on those areas that we can't really see for ourselves. That's why I'm always investing in coaching and I have my own coaches and you know, it's like, I wasn't able to do it alone. So that's why, you know, I hired a coach and I, I, for, you know, I worked with her for an entire year through the weight loss journey. So it was so helpful. Yeah. The best coaches also have coaches or therapists, you know, are also seeing other therapists. Yeah. That's like a way to learn and to grow. Yeah. And I'll also say along with those lines of like wanting it to be a quick fix or wanting it to be easy, right? One of the thoughts that I took on that really supported me on my journey was I started to believe I'm going to do this if it takes me the rest of my life. Like I'm going to stick to this every single day, even if it takes me the rest of my life to lose the weight. I don't care. I'm going to do it. Because I think when we put that pressure on ourselves, like I need to lose 10 pounds in this amount of time, then it's coming from a place of pressure and pressure does not feel good. And again, we can't take empowering actions from a place of pressure. <laughs> so. Yeah. So good. I feel like I'm receiving some coaching advice for myself right now. I love it. That's the best. That's why we coaches talk to each other, right? Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) We end up kind of, you know, giving each other that support that we need. Yes. Um, yeah, that is so good. What about, um, what about in California or like, you know, in the local area, do you feel like there needs to be more support groups for PCOS women to, you know, kind of meet every month? That would be amazing. (laughs) Yeah, I feel like I I should create that or something. You should. Totally, right? When we have the idea, usually it's like what we need to create. Totally. Because, I mean, I think we need them everywhere. Um, There's women around the world with PCOS. There's so many women with PCOS. And, you know, even online, there's just now more support, right? But me growing up, I didn't see anything. And I think the more that we can connect with one another and share our experiences, just like how we're talking and you're getting stuff from what I'm saying and I'm getting stuff from what you're saying. It's like having that connection is so powerful because I think having PCOS, it's so easy to feel alone, you know, when none of your friends have it. So I I like the idea. And if you, you do it, I'll come. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. So if anyone's listening, if we do end up creating a group, I'll definitely broadcast it to everyone. (laughs) um so who do you actually what age group do you actually serve um for women you know that are yeah so I started my coaching practice well I originally was just I was doing general life coaching so I helped everyone and I did a lot of money mindset coaching and stuff and this was before I lost my weight and like really dove into the work with PCOS and then once I had my transformation with PCOS I felt so called to help other women um because I felt like I had this missing piece of the puzzle this special solution that I'm like nobody knows it and I have to share it so after starting PCOS coaching most of the women have been between like in their early twenties up to 50, but I do have some other women who don't have PCOS up into their seventies. So I think it's, you know, it's just, it's a range. Wow. That's a huge range. <laughs> it is. It's so fun though. Cause we're all the same. 
<laughs> like yeah, what I coach my 20 year old on is no different than what I coach the, you know, one in her seventies at all. That's <laughs> mindset. You know, someone can be like really kind of older, but they can still have the mindset of like a 20 year old. Oh yeah, for sure. If you don't address it, it just keeps carrying on. <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. Um, so what would you want, you know, the listeners to know more about your coaching or any events that you might have? Yeah. So I go live on Instagram and Facebook every Wednesday at four o'clock Pacific time. So a lot of people like to come there and ask questions. I usually do a teaching about PCOS and weight loss and life coaching, and then I'll take questions. So I'm there every week. And then if you want to find out more about what I do in terms of like the mindset piece along with, you know, weight loss, um, I have a free guide that you can grab and that goes over all of my kind of foundational tools. And, um, that's at the PCOScoach.com forward slash free guide. Nice. Everyone loves free guides. Oh, right. I know me too. <laughs> Yeah, so I'll definitely put that all the links to your website and to all the free downloads in the show notes. Um, and is there anything else, you know, this one thing that you just want to tell PCOS women out there or actually any women who are struggling yeah. with loss? Like totally. My advice is just like, do not give up. There is a light at the end of the tunnel. It doesn't matter how long you've been struggling. Like you can totally do this. And your first step is just believing it's possible. So if you don't believe it's possible, get to work on believing that it might be possible because that'll help you take your next step. Yeah, that's awesome. And I feel that, you know, if they have the support of their family members, like their parents or their spouse, especially, um, that would help even more. Yeah. Yeah. It, it does help. It's not like you don't have to, but it helps for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Thanks for the chat today. Yes. So good talking to you. (laughs) Thanks for having me. me.